When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <clears throat> I'm sorry that um, whoever's editing this has to cut around all of my coughs. Or don't. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say that you're assuming that they're going to cut around. <laughs> yeah, them. Casey, bring those up. Mm. <laughs> Crank the coughs. Turn off the just- coughs. <clears throat> Jonnet. I think the realization comes as, as, as your body starts to inform you that that prickling feeling is localized around your palm. And you look down and you see how the lines of the universe of the pocket space are connected to something in the outside world, an anchor, a tether that has been tied to you but not by you. In the center of your palm is a black spot connected to a sickly and awful tendril, a part of the universe that looks warped and contorted. The Mariner's Mark. You feel Way's memory fade away and rushing in like a tidal wave, cold seawater fills this space as you can see in the distance the skies here redden clouds gather overhead and ghost light fill the horizon it is not a metaphor it is not a memory you feel it and know it to be true the mariner is here Jonathan is taking this in. Um, I think any kind of... I mean, it's not to say that the kid is numb right now, but also there is a little bit of like a... What's more? What's one more thing going on in, in his mind? Where it's like, all right, this is a space where... However, however, like, however we got to the pocket space, it is proven to be a space where like... The hard thing is the only thing. And then in feeling the water, kind of like the, the, the water at his feet, that soggy sensation like creep up like your, your pant leg. And then it's like looking at his hand, it's a level of dread on top of already like this desperation of like trying to figure out what's wrong with him and seeing the, I guess, the reddened skies. I think he just turns to Teacher Way and probably gives a similar thing where it's like, I think we have to get out of here. Do you feel this? And he he kind of gestures to the ground where I think probably Jonnet feels water and he's probably looking for confirmation and it's like, this is real for me. Is this real for you too? 
Yes, I can feel it. And then, uh, how easy or hard is it for other people or beings to get in here? I don't know, but whatever this thing is, it seems very powerful. Should we exit, or is that even possible? It feels like it's moving really fast. Maybe we have no choice. Look, I don't know. I, I, these are. This is not my rule book. All right, this is your home court. <laughs> there will be no escape for you, Corsair. I think we have no choice. Yeah. But to face this. The universe ripples and echoes as you can feel the tangled mass that is the essence of the mariner, that cancerous creature that weaves itself into so many victims, puppeteers them across the land to spread nothing but misery, woe, and imprisonment, the hate of the sea. You can feel it encroach and close in around you as you can see the being rise out of the sea, the skeletal creature made of barnacles and encrusted things from the depths build itself out of this reeking fluid, stepping forward, a being that was born on an island made of shipwrecks and the bones of drowned sailors, to do one thing. Hate the land and bury all who dwell on it. And it stands before you now, Wei and Jonnet. It stands before you as it stood before you in Bujaneeth. We can see the echoes of that moment. This being with maelstroms at its back, bearing down on you an entire city where you and Quan stood together against its fury. We see it echoed in your experience in Nordia, where it was you and your friends and the brave crew of the Uhuru who stood against a small fleet invading a helpless village, where it was just you between them and destruction. The power that came from this creature's limbs as they rained blows down on you and Oromar, who struggled against them, even with the power of a deathless body. And now it is before you once more. You've burned so much of yourself to strike at me. You can burn all you like, but soon there'll be nothing left to tear away. And I will claim what remains. I am inevitability. I am the sea that will claim and bury the land. And you are nothing. Wow. Uh, uh, I, th- I think, um, Jonnet, Jonnet doesn't, Jonnet doesn't move. Jonnet doesn't change his gaze out from out towards where the mariner the mariner and the mariner's voice is emanating from but out of the side of his mouth he's just like might want to work on a way to get out of here sooner than sooner than later this happened a lot to you? more than I would like great (laughs) John is just like thinking uh, John it is (laughs) using context clues and just uh, wheeling off the top of his head and um, and while you're at it um, if you could remember a drier time, <laughs> someplace landlocked, that would be really helpful. And so Jonnet is going to start like walking. Actually, no, he's going to take two steps forward, maybe like putting him distance wise, like two steps closer than Teacher Way, where the Mariner is. And while he's saying this, He's going to be trying to think very hard about Acheron. We're not going home till the war is done. I think you use the verbiage of burned. I've burned so much. I, Corsair, could you not feel it? Could you not feel the absence of what used to be yours? What used to be a part of yourself that you no longer hold? You cast it away. You cast it away to save the lives of folk who would sooner spit 
on you than save you. You know, somebody that is the embodiment of the darkness of the sea, I feel like you... Sometimes you don't understand how it works. Yes, I cast away something important to me. I gave it to the sea. I gave it to whoever. I don't care. But what I got back is what I will use to end you. And with that, Jonnet is going to imagine the mainland. He's going to imagine his home, and I think... He's going to start walking forward and kind of like a little uh, two off the shoulders like, hey, uh, no requirement. If you got any dry stuff in your mind, uh, use it now. Uh, feel free to yeah. take. You don't got you don't have to walk with me, but uh, I'm heading this direction. Yeah, I think that way is also think of thinking about their homeland prior to, I believe, the, the immigration. And I think with like every step and I, I imagine this like kind of functioning as as it did when we first got to the pocket space where when realities were kind of building there was like this divide between Way's uh, memories and Jonnet's and we just kind of just so happened to choose Jonnet's first but like with every step forward there's like you know dry land kind of emerging to meet Jonnet's feet underneath and that sort of starts to build out and become like this I would say like half of a dome that stretches out until it probably meets a point where the mariner is manifesting there like the water and then I feel like there's it meets a point where it meets teacher Way's manifestation of hopefully dry land and so there is this like land mass that is expanding maybe more so in the directions in which it's not directly hitting the mariners but there are probably like a little jankier a little like rougher around the edges like embodiments of there's the front porch of Jonnet's house there's like half of the the house walls most of the fence that runs along his the the fields but like they are more warbly than they have any right to be but they are there and they are tangible and they're taking up space and as he's walking it's slowly starting to expand I don't know how much you know about the world outside of your sea but I have been given a gift of sight and I've seen what I will do so I will tell you right now and at right now that dome expands more rapidly and we see kind of like the the draw distance if we're talking like like an open world game like Grand Theft Auto or something like that the draw distance gets like even farther and we see like more of Acheron than we have like in in memories past but I will tell you right now I will not die today what's more you are not hunting me and that with that the world the land expands more and then we start to see there is a range uh, a hill range in the far off distance of Acheron and it's kind of you have to clear this range in order to get to the clearing that is that is Acheron so travelers and and merchants would would make this journey all the time and it was one of those things where it was just like a known part of the the route to and from this this town and so we see it you are not hunting me i am coming for you and at that the range starts to get closer than it has ever been has any right to be and the mariner like we can see the land pushing back against the sea. We, we can see Acheron bleeding in. The mariner looms forward. Wishful arrogance will bring you nothing but pain. And the mariner jerks one of their tendrils, and you can feel your arm afflicted with the mark 
move without your control. You swing and water rises from the ground like fire and starts to consume beloved things. You can see the echoes of Zana, the echoes of your father, the echoes of people that you can't seem to remember be consumed by the sea. Their shouts and screams start to swim around you as an anguishing numb rolls over your arm. It is cold and it is resolute. It pulls you under and makes it difficult to breathe. Teacher Wei, seeing this, what do you do? I want to support Janet and use my power to help. I don't know how I would go about it. Describe what you want to happen and we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Teacher Wei has the ability to manipulate and purify water. So I think it makes sense for Teacher Wei to use the water bending ability and uh, put a lot of focus into pushing the water away as is happening right now. The water is approaching and threatening to consume the land, but now the land is pushing back against the water. It just needs that extra strength. And so with Teacher Wei's power and strength, they lend a helping hand in using water bending to push that water back. Yeah. Jonnet asked for memories of dry land, but the thing that is so important to recognize and know about the liquid swords, they are not afraid to grab hold of the water. Mm. And when they do, they control it. And so, yeah, uh, Wei flexes. <laughs> They're <laughs> water bending. <laughs> Wei moves the water in ways that uh, Jonathan has never seen a human be able to do or rarely seen a human be able to do it looks like a force of nature yeah they're humans most of them cannot move the water that is something that Janet learned from adrian back in nordia the only things that Janet has seen move the water they were the mariners heralds la Llorona pulling the river up the steps of Nordia to, to bring in the, the drowned sailors from the sea to destroy and to pillage. La Llorona throwing blades of water, drowning Jonet on the very land. But here, we can see in a very real sense, in the sense of the universe and, and, and raw creation itself, we can see the sea and what makes the sea and that the sea has water in it but the sea is not the water and almost easily almost without effort way tears the sea away from the water and holds the water under their own power and that pain that was racking Jonet, that 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 flaming, boiling water that was consuming the things that Jonet loves falls away into harmless and pure pools. Jonet, you're bolstered once more. What do you do? I think I think at that there's like a a moment of like the Mariner's Mark reaching its way up into <laughs> Jonet's body is definitely like a oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then like the oh shit is gone and it's like a oh, 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 that was you? <laughs> uh, yes, it was. Keep that up. Jonet starts like, <laughs> like running forward. <laughs> like, like, no, he like takes two big steps forward to like bring the earth like kind of like closer further out and then I think the vision of Acheron becomes like even clearer mm -hmm. I feel like we've got the sense of Zana and Douglas and I think the best that it will ever get is if like there is a figure that is two inches taller than Douglas it's like if you took a Polaroid not a classic Polaroid, like these new instant photos, 
the way that they work, like the whole color and all that stuff. But if you get them wet, it blotches out almost mm. immediately. And so there is a frame of a person, but like the pixels are are way bigger than they have any right to be. The colors are are blotched. It's mostly like white gray mess, but there is something there. And all three of these fixtures are kind of like focusing out towards the sea. And as we like sort of see a more resolute Jonnet, we see this range that was far and then less far. It might be a trick of the camera on a very tight, long lens, or it could just be that this range is truly at way in teacher's back. But we see these stones like behind him. Yeah, I, I think, Jonnet, as you are stepping forward, maybe you don't even know, but you are growing. You're getting taller. You are stepping into the vision of the man that you know you will be. The weight hits you in a way that you almost don't feel, as you can see your kusari gama in your hand. The farmer's tool. The thing that comes from a humble place that is forged into a weapon. A weapon that can overturn anything oppressive. A weapon that as long as it is wielded alongside all of the things that make a community strong, it can overturn any threat. The mountain bolsters you at your back. The bit of land that meets the sky and becomes the sky. So Jonnet kind of like holds up like the his hand with the mariner's mark. And I imagine it's like the seawater is gone, but I feel like there's still like that pull. So we see like his hand is very flexed and it's like actively pulling back from the mariner's pull. And so he says, um, you want me. And I'm not afraid of you. Okay? Do you hear me? I am not afraid of you. Do you hear yourself, Corsair? You don't fear me. You who shiver and shake at my very thought. You who would burn yourself away rather than face me as what you are. You don't fear me. Then you know nothing. I will show you fear. I will show you what you will be. I've already seen what I will be. You see me, and I see you. You are the mariner. You are the end all. You are the sea. But I... I am a mountain. Hold tight to the hairs you've grown. Raise my hands, I scrape the sky. Hell of a guy, but you can tell by the look in my eye. I am the land, I am eternal, I am divine. And I still be standing after all my enemies die. I'm not speaking of the dead, but I'm tilting my head. And I'm seeing blue while they seeing red. With all that said, you know that it's true, so what in the holy fuck led you to think I will be threatened of you? I have the heart of a storm, you are a breeze, you are not threatening me. I am a monument to a holy moment, you are a piece of debris. Damn, I'm putting up numbers, I'm an accountant, you are a book that I read and renounced. You're just a look, I am a sound, my purpose cannot be pronounced. I'm an announcement, a plea for you to be different, but will you listen? Ha, I doubt it, you dunk your feet at the foot of my fountain. I am not bluffing, you are just padding, you are just stuffing, I am a mountain. And you... You are a mountain of nothing. Jonnet, we have talked about how art is an expression of your soul and your soul is a fire and yours burns bright 
It starts in your heart, it spreads up to your head, through your eye, and through that, the universe. Power from the world around you pours into you and radiates from you, and that extends from the center of your being through your limbs, and most importantly, through your hands. The fire creeps up, consumes your hand and your palm, bearing down on that mark that tethers you to this thing. And as it approaches, the mariner strikes forward, screams, but you spit your words like bullets. They eviscerate this creature before you. It gets weaker and weaker. The tendrils of bone and seawater, of bilge and debris, they hasten towards you. They try to strike at you, snuff out this bright light that comes for it. But they can't touch you because your connection is severed. Severed by the fire that you summon forward when you declared yourself. Your mariner's mark disappears. And without the mark to tether the mariner to the pocket space, he disappears. As this is happening, I feel like John feels this tether get severed. And as like it is rescinding, Johnny kind of with his left hand, the, the previously marked hand, puts it up, gives a very casual wave, and is like, <laughs> the next time you see me, it will be your end. Bye-bye. You'd hope for that. You'd hope for that! I said, bye-bye. Banished. Wow, Jonathan, that was something i think i'm gonna pass out now (laughs) gosh you remind me of a younger me you were burning bright you have the talent i was going to say do you even need my instruction do you even need the liquid swords instruction look at what you just did that was absolutely brilliant and I think the answer is yes, you do need it. I would love to provide the opportunity for you to refine these skills, refine your conviction. Okay. Um, (sighs) Now that you know and have shown who you are, I want to give you the opportunity to fine tune these skills and teach you the skills of the masters. Uh, You've reignited this fire in me. Lex, don't stop. While this is happening, Janet is like. Slowly fire in me and I, call, crawling to the floor of the pocket space. I don't remember the last space. time that I was like, and then felt like this. He like about reaches for like swords. a pretend rock I'm and so like puts glad it underneath that I his head. Came in contact like, with you because I was about to lose all hope with my experience there. I was jaded. I was cynical, and and Jonet passes out in an astral sense. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I might have pushed him too hard. <laughs> and I think the pocket space fades away and we return to that rock under the cover of night over Du Mignon. Jonet, who is leaning his forehead forward into Wei's chest to touch his eye to the eye in their neck, Jonet passes out his head falling into Wei's lap. What a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Wei, I think it's time that you give Jonat the tools that he will need to find the monastery. And I think this is something that you can do while Jonat is passed out. I I Mm. think it'll still make sense. With this just... Describe for me the, the scene that will precede the, the final track where, where you give Jonet the, the temple poem. I think that I would use water to to carve into the rock. Ooh. Yeah, to carve directions into the rock so that when they wake up, when he wakes up, uh, he'll have a map and know, know where to go. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, so as he's passed out and he's asleep... 
way manifests these water swords or, you know, multiple blades of water and, you know, next to a sleeping jonnet carves out on the top of this rock, you know, shaves the rock away, creating pathways and roads and directions, landmarks. I, th- I think done in a way that is through the lyrics of the temple poem, mm-hmm. the temple yeah. poem that Jonnet has, has already gotten a few lines to those lines mm-hmm. and bars are what guided Jonnet here to weigh in the first place. And through these symbols that you carve, it, you know, it might just be in like that iconographic language mm-hmm. um, uh, that is part of the poetry at the temple itself. Yes. Like, you carve these lyrics and they are the map. A person with with the heart and mind of a star watcher will be able to take these lyrics and use them to guide themselves to the temple. Just like when, after your experience with the lily so long ago, you were open to the universe in a way that gave you these very same lyrics that helped you find your own way. Yeah. I had my doubts, but he's proven to be well-deserving. He's more than ready, but in memories I was just observing. He's been through hell, and in spite of it, he rose above. Selfish in a selfless way, ambitious yet driven by love. I thought him soft, but I was wrong. He's got more guts than me. I honestly can't wait to see what he'll grow up to be. Though it's a journey that he must go alone, I'll show the way to the place that I once called home. So, deep in the mountains, covered in glaciers, cryovolcanoes, valleys and caves all over by nature. Rivers cascading from snowy peaks, flowing tandem like silent marauders. If you feel like you're trapped in a maze, all you gotta do is just follow the water. Follow the water, water is power, water is a dread and a miracle. Our goal is to source us to mold and control all its forms like I said all those years ago. We hold to his word, do you know what you heard? Don't play as we know where it hurts. I say that the elders before us make it numb to the boy who has shown us his worth. And by the time that Jonnet awakes, he will have that available to him. And Wei will be gone. And I'm curious, as the sun starts to rise over Dumignon, as the night starts to fade and day begins to herald itself, Wei had mentioned feeling as though their soul was alight once more. They look at the horizon. What do they feel? Where are they going? What do they need to do? They feel hope and direction, and they want to return to the Liquid Swords. It's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the moment you have all been waiting for. The newest generic mid-roll is out. That's right. This one is updated, and it's more generic than ever. Uh, Just so everybody knows, I'm doing generic mid-rolls because I recently had a baby. Heroes, our captain, our very own Nathan Blades, has designed a brand new role-playing game called The Ballad of Conjurers. 
It was inspired by JRPGs and the melodrama that they are famous for. And you can pick it up right now on Itch for just five bucks. You can find it by looking Nathan Blades up on Itch or by following the link in our show notes. Heroes, I've also got something new coming out. I wrote a direct follow-up to my very first book, The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide, called The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide Expanded Genres Edition. Basically, we took the concept of prompts and exercises to help you develop backstories for characters at your role-playing table, or really any original characters you want to work on, that use game mechanics to make the process easy and fun, and we expanded it way past the fantasy adventure genre while also including exercises for fantasy adventure. If you're the type of person who loves thinking about your characters or characters in any property that you love, I highly recommend picking up this book. It's coming out in June, but you can pre-order it right now. And pre-ordering is super important. Not only does it tell the bookstores that people are interested in this book, but it tells my publisher that people are interested in this book and it helps me publish more books and therefore support myself and my family. You can pre-order a copy now by heading to bit.ly slash RPG Backstory 2, and that's two as in the numeral two, or by going anywhere books are sold and signing up for a pre-order. That is all major online retailers, every major brick-and-mortar bookstore, and of course your favorite indie brick-and-mortar bookstores. And I always recommend you go to an indie bookstore or a friendly local game store to order a copy because it helps out so many people. So put yourself down for a pre-order for the Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide Expanded Genres Edition today. With that said, I want to thank Lex the Lexicon Artist for joining us as a guest for this arc. In addition to our regular game, for this arc we're playing StarCrossed, the two-player Forbidden Romance RPG. StarCrossed was designed by my dear friend and former network member Alex Roberts and is published by Bully Pulpit Games. You can pick up your own copy of StarCrossed by following the link in our show notes. A big thank you to all the cast and crew who are involved in producing the music for this arc. That is not just our guest for the arc, Lex the Lexa Con Artist, but it's also Arnie Parrott, our house musician, Tyler Davis, who you're going to be hearing later on, James Mendez-Hodes, who wrote some lyrics for one of the songs that'll be appearing much later on in the arc, and of course, Casey Tony, our editor, for choosing when and where it appears in the show. And also a huge thank you to Tracy Barnett, who assisted Casey Tony on the editing for this arc. As always, one of the biggest thank yous goes to our Patreon patrons who made everything you're listening to possible by supporting the show. Let's thank them right now. Thanks to everyone who supports us already and everyone who's going to support us in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Oromar looks up to the Vrasulka and signs with that hand and falteringly and kind of stutteringly. We shook on your assistance, but also to knowledge shared. I want to know how I can become a luminary. Look to the pitiable creatures behind you. Do you know what they are? And you can see the gathered robes of the cutting stone sitting in the thick shadows of the forest behind you. If Oromar could actually visibly emote, I think they would have found it very hard to keep their cool. But under current circumstances, that's much easier. Yeah, if you're nervous about public speaking, just be dead. You know? (laughs) That's a big help to calm the nerves. Huge help. Makes a lot easier. Yeah, just turn your entire insides to a bunch of puppet strings, and then suddenly not showing your emotions becomes really easy. Three simple steps. Mm -hmm. In my very expensive webinar, I'll tell you how to. (laughs) So expensive. Doctors hate him Mm. because he does advise death. Yes, Um, Oromar unable to show concern for the fact that the cutting stone are very close, says I have been able to resist their inexorable pull so far and 
with care and cleverness and my crew. I will continue to avoid them until it is no longer necessary to do so. Oh, you should consort with the fallen friend in your heart more often. He glimpsed the truth of what they are shortly before he lost his body. Well, you will pay a different price for this knowledge. They are not different than myself and Uriel. They are fallen. Fallen carved away until just this flickering instance of themselves remains. And they have grafted themselves onto mortal souls to act as wardens of the river. As though my guardianship is not enough. And so they have been called the cutting stone. The shades that claim life out of hands of mercy rather than hands of cruelty. In many stories, but I believe you understand that these stories are quite different. And that's what it comes down to, Oromar Vale. What story are you telling? What story do you think the world needs to hear? Oromar offers a too wide, slightly twitching smile as they continue to get their body under control. It's approaching kind of normal operations again. Onto mortal souls. Well, I suppose we have more in common than I expected. The story I want to tell has been passed down among generations upon generations of the Bandari people, and the rest of Sphere have forgotten, but I shall make them remember. It is a story that is catastrophic to forget. I know there is goodwill in those words, Oromar Vale. I also know there is stubbornness and pride. I will not try to talk you out of them. But I will say that is the element that you are missing. You hold in yourself a very powerful fragment of an old and dead story. Brought low by the friend that you stand next to and hold on to for strength as we speak. What you do with that fragment and how you tell a new story that will shape your destiny. The thing that you desire may yet be grasped by you. And you may yet still be pulled into the river. But as I have said, neither path is clear enough for me to render a judgment. So we mayhaps may meet on these banks once again, for you will have to face the river before you claim your prize like so many before you. Mm. I have managed to learn a few things in my recent time with my crew. And one of them is that the physical form you take is less important than the body of work. The captain winks. You can craft. (laughs) Even if my body falls into the river and my soul is dragged down with it, the pride and history and legacy of the Bandari people will not be erased, not by angels who have come down to Sphere and taken root here. Not today, and not while my story is still being told. Well, then let us both pray that you have more to learn ahead of you. But with that, our accord is struck. I will see to Jonnet as you have asked me to see to him. For the rest, I say farewell. And good luck against the cutting stone. She wraps her arms around Raoul 
pulls him into the river floating on his back, and it flows in the opposite direction, carrying him up into the land, far from the sea and the swamp, towards what will account for Rusalka's safety. We got you. The the cutting stone is in the forest. Yada, yada, yada. I kind of want to just draw a luminary to see how this goes and see if we can, like, resolve mm-hmm. it that we way. We gave her a lot of stuff. What if she just puts, picks us up and puts us in a hot tub? Let's get yeah. another hole and get us out of here. Yeah, she can teleport us places. We've established that. Yeah. Put me in a well. I'll go another well. Yeah. I don't know that we have that option. Wendell and Nodos, are they waiting for you to return? Oh. Are they just kind of standing on the other side of the pool being like, I sure hope they haven't drowned. Let me go back in my hole. Let, we'll all go back in my hole. And then we're going to go to the caves. Okay. So everybody's going to go into Gable's hole? Yes. My big wet hole. I think the fans what will like it. What happened while I was I think gone? the fans will like what it. What the fuck happened while I wasn't here? <laughs> my big wet hole is still ready for anyone who needs it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I quit the show now. I'm gone for a sum total of four hours. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I told one open brackets, numeral one, close brackets, dirty joke, and this is where we are. <laughs> I'm just saying the factual facts. We're all standing in front of Gable's big wet hole that's just ready. Okay. Okay. Here's what I will allow. You have done that once before. The pressure is on, but you do think you know a way back that that connects this area to that cave. Travis is also a bird. Bird can't swim. Hey, watch me. (laughs) Cut to dead Travis. I mean, also, like, he's got that actual up in there, so he could have gills at any point. I could just change whatever I want. That would be actually fantastic for you to discover that (laughs) mid-dive into the water, being like, this was a bad plan, I can breathe. I'm going to turn into a fucking fish. I don't give a shit anymore. I can do it. Y'all see in the forests, like, the gathered cutting stone. And they begin to emerge in a walk without footsteps. You see dozens of gray hooded forms make their way out of the forest towards this beach that again brings the sea, swamp, and river together. And we can see Oromar is rattled and tired. And Travis, although he looks pretty grandiose as as a raven with antlers, is in a similar state to Oromar. Gable, you have been doing this math, kind of as all of this stuff with Rusalka was going on. Tyler, you missed a lot. I <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. The expression was. Travis good. got weirder. <laughs> yeah. I'll turn everyone into right. fish. No, don't... <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what do you do? So we're just like in a, a, a glade, right? Yeah. And Cutting Stone is like, can't go any further than. No, they used to not be able to go any further because Rusalka was holding them back. Now, not so much. Now they are coming towards your group. Okay. Gable knows that the well that they came out of is part of the river, so it's still under Rusalka's purview. And that's kind of the only thing they could think of like, okay, Ormar doesn't need to breathe, can be down there as long as they want. Travis probably will be fine as long as he doesn't super drown only like half drowns is fine uh so they grab a vine as soon as they can and like tie it to the captain's waist and they grab up travis and like put him in their coat and say we have to go we're going to be jumping in into this well and there it'll be fine on the other side we gotta go okay 
and I'm going to pull a luminary for this, and I'm doing it here now because if we have another miracle, I want to see it happen. But you can see mm-hmm. the cards. I will shuffle them again. No, but they're facing <laughs> you, James. Yeah, okay. You know what? The cards will just be facing you. They're going to have to face someone because I don't know how to yeah. get this mm-hmm. angle otherwise. But then oh, if they're like facing that. us, you can see them in the camera. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. So we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me where yeah, you can see these good. cards? Yes. That's good. That's perfect. This is the yeah, only yeah, yeah, acceptable yeah, yeah, yeah. way to do this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's that? Children. Children. The children. All right. Angelic protection, you say? Yeah, uh, the children in The Hazards of Love, specifically the force that smites the enemies of the lovers while they're in the river. I believe the children deal with the rake. And it was never clear to me in the song whether the children were the unborn child of the changeling and Margaret or whether they were the rake's like murdered kids there to deliver revenge. I feel like it could be read both ways. Um, but let's see. The children, consequence, inevitability, and eternity. Also, fun fact, the children also have the alternate name of the angels. And the angel has a read of its own that is duty, justice, and wrath. Yeah. So I kind of think that we have like these sort of what we've learned, the cutting stone, angels that have been whittled away into their core parts with all of their wings carved away, many of their human features carved away. Uh, Angels don't necessarily have souls as their physical form is in many ways their spiritual form as well. But once everything is carved away, there is still something that remains, and that is the angel itself and bonded onto a human soul, it creates the shades of the cutting stone. And so, Gable, you have, like, these pitiable fallen brethren that are after you. And you know that there is a well that connects this location to the place that you just emerged from, and you have to face drowning to do it going to read this divination nothing was unobserved and a reckoning is coming versus what's the interpretation for the angels for the righteous the angel suggests a responsibility that looms that must be tended one who does not answer their call risks destroying something essential about themselves if you are righting a wrong the angel gives you license to act with brutal certainty for the wicked the angel spells doom. For the weak, the angel might bring respite and peace. I have a thought. Go for it. So, like, identifying where the pool is, because it's obviously not easy to see, Gable is sort of just, like, putting their hands in the water, trying to feel out, like, whatever the tail end of Rusalka, Rusalka before she left, calling out, like, this one last plea, like, hey, these people won't be able to fulfill their obligations to you if they die right now. Let's have you do that in character, actually. I would love to okay. hear that, please. Hello, sister. <laughs> um, just so you know, thank you so much for all these revelations. It was lovely to see you. Uh, uh, this choir, if it absorbs your new pledges, they won't be able to fulfill their obligations to you. So uh, I take upon myself the full pain of drowning if you can guarantee us passage through your through this uh, mighty mighty river. Um, please now, immediately, please, 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 please. I like that. I like that. The visual, uh, if this is too creepy, of just dozens of tiny hands reaching up out of the water to pull them down. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the water reaches up with these hands. I think the arms that reach out of the water are the arms of Rusalka's brides, essentially. Those who have wed themselves to the river, as opposed to those who were pulled under forcibly as punishment. So, you know, these are the arms of the sad souls who have decided to approach 
Rusalka to wed her and enter death willingly, and occasionally they are called upon, and they answer that call now. They pull Gable in, and Gable, as you are pulled into the water, you can feel the water being forced down your throat and into your lungs. But you have opted to take on the full pain of drowning for your group. And so you drown three times, which is, I I think that is the same number of times that you drown when you drown in the ocean after you fell to Earth, unless I am mistaken. It was, I think it was quite a bit. Was it, was it 10 times? I, I can't remember. I, I, I thought it was 10 days that you floated and three times that you drowned. But, you, would you know, the fans will correct I. that record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, if it is, pretty cool that we obviously very accidentally arrived at that mem- number because we can't remember shit. I've we never... don't pay off on themes, they just happen. Committed a thought that I've said to my own memory. It's it's like a tickle me Elmo. This is just like constantly. I, these are the things I programmed to say. There's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, uh, there's some predeterminism in that. It's like, yeah, G- Liz is just programmed to say the things that she's going to say on this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, I never pegged you for a fatalist yet. Hey, we love we love nihilism, baby. Hey. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, you are rushed through the complex web of interconnected caverns that makes up this cave system beneath Dominion. And you arrive at the mouth of the trial cave, slowly drowning again and again as you go. Oromar, obviously, uh, your, your body cannot drown. Travis, though, I'm really interested what your experience of this situation is. With drowning in general? Yeah, how are you not drowning right now? Like, what does it feel like to not be drowning right now? It, probably there is a little bit of trauma resurfacing in this, as once again, it is somebody drowning in your stead. But yeah, you're, you're just nestled in Gable's little pocket. I think that it is challenging, but I th- I think that Travis is a bit, ki- you know, kind of uh, got a lot of adrenaline going on right now because some pretty some pretty cool shit just went down. <laughs> so I think that that is, I think at first it's like a <gasps> here we go, and then it's like oh wait, like it's all good, and also I just found out I'm a god. So no, it's oh the wrong it's gonna, lesson. It's gonna be okay, I think. Yeah, okay, Tyler, you missed a lot. I just want to say, I just want to ask, like, because I mean, in Jonic's arc, while while y'all weren't here, did everybody just like just like level the fuck up? Oh, like two uh, three times. <laughs> wait, what happened Tra- to knowledge Jonathan? wise? Knowledge wise. Oh, okay. We All just right. learned a bunch of silly stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonnet, not much happened to Jonnet. He did defeat the Mariner. Uh, again? I guess. Again. Mm. Again? Yeah. Just again. It just keeps happening. It keeps coming for me. You'd think he'd learn. All right, let's get back into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you get pulled through these tunnels into the, the, the trial tunnel, into I gave this stupid fucking feather a goddamn name. The plume of. Yeah. Something. The plume crew. That's it. Mmm. Uh, Is that you, the one like that was on Rusalka? So I I didn't get yes. that. Okay, you didn't get that one. You Fine. decided, in fact, specifically that you would not get that one. I because... thought it was a different one. I thought I got the reward at the bottom of the well, and then there was a different one. But it was just no. The you same just one. suffered, no. basically. You just you just suffered, but it's fine. you know it built character. That's fine. So so it was worth it. Um, but yeah, you you emerge into the cavern of Le Plume Crew. I think as soon as there is a sound of someone coming out of the water, like Gable obviously like pulls themselves up out of the water. Yeah, and as tough as coughing is to hear and do, we do just do some of that um, as you expel all of the, the river water from your lungs. And Nodos, as soon as he hears you, is at the door and helps you to your feet. 
All right, let's uh, let uh, John. Could could you could you get that box over there for 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 the dusting? It, uh, it's it's going to be too heavy for me. Well, okay. Uh, I I can do that, Spit. But also, uh, so far, every single box that we've been moving today has been too heavy for you, and I just don't know if you should be on box duty. Um, well, I am a gentleman of years old, and and I shouldn't be lifting. Why boxes did that bird fly age? right in front of your mouth when you said your num- the number? Say say the number again. I'll say it. I'll say it clearly. Uh-huh. I'll shout it so everyone can hear. I'm years old. Okay, you, I, you just caught. And I'm proud. I'm I proud. have a hypothesis. I don't think spit can count. Spit, how many oh. fingers am I holding up? Wait, this wait, looky here, looky here. Travis, John it. Behind this box. No, 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 no. We will get to the box when it's box time again, but now. No, I swear, I swear, this isn't something sexual. This is not something sexual I'm trying to show you. You're behind this box? How many behind behind how many boxes? Yes. There is a stack of boxes right now that you are pointing to that need to be moved. How many boxes are in that stack? I mean, uh, a, a cargo load, I'd say. Spit. All right. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's it's totally fine if you cannot count, okay? But if you cannot count, you need to not be in charge of inventory day. John, I swear to God, if this man is only like 14 years old, I am going to lose my mind. No, 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 no. no. Spit no steps way. behind. Spit steps behind the 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 stack of boxes, and and you can hear his voice in what sounds like an echoey, cavernous place. Unbelievable! <laughs> Push the boxes back. This is our chance. <laughs> And then uh, Jonet uh, puts some more boxes in front of those boxes. <laughs> um, and then uh, boxes, boxes, boxes. I assume we're in some kind of cage. Uh, and so Jonet and Travis leave the cage. Jonet closes the door. And they're like, okay, if you can hear us, you can count. You can come out when you can count the boxes. Bumping into you behind you is is spit. You're never gonna believe this. Ah, yeah. There's a room back there. There's a room back there with a John hidden passageway that takes you out here. In a reflex. I will honor the goddamn prompt. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna honor the prompt. Travis Travis crawls into the the doorway and he finds himself looking back at um Jonet. But whatever Jonet says, he's just saying, spit, 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 spit. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, so then. I, uh, yeah, I guess this is just for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get there, okay. though. Travis leaves. No, 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 no. Uh, Jonet also goes into the, the, <laughs> the thing and sees people saying spit. Hmm. Oromar shows up after a while and turns to Spit and gestures <laughs> towards the box. Spit, 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 spit. <laughs> spit, 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 spittily spit. Well, spit, 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 spit. It's like pointing at all of the boxes and kind of like, <laughs> spit, 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 spit. Spit? Spit. spit. Oh, spit. 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 All right, Douglas. So as you can see by page 13 of the pilot, it really kind of gets a little bit heady as far as the <laughs> mm-hmm. comedy goes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's interesting. I think that's something that people haven't seen before I mean, in yeah, there. I, I in get it. Production. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a market <laughs> for that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you you might want to you might want to change page seven uh-huh, specifically because uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean aside from a couple typos there's just a little I, I really don't get the sprinkles character. Oh, I love sprinkles, but sprinkles has been a little bit divisive as, yeah. as I, I and understand. We uh, we flash forward uh, <laughs> to a coffee shop where. Uh, 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 Jonnet and Travis is and and the cap everybody is just like hanging out around the table patiently waiting Gable's feedback what did my dad say <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you his emotion was strong 
mm-hmm. and that emotion mm-hmm. was delight. We did it, everyone. We're greenlit. We yes. greenlit. We're greenlit. <laughs> Oh, we can get out of the sky. We don't have to be pirates anymore. No, uh, we're going to Hollywood. Oh, we on Easy Street. <laughs> <laughs> Hollybird. Hollybird. <laughs> I like how that's, that's, the, that's, that's the change. That's how you make it skyjacks. <laughs> Hollybird, here we come, baby. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. He also co-stars and consults on Showtime's Work in Progress. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. You've ever been kind And once for our friends Ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest We're leaving behind You know we can never deny The call of the sky